Hello and welcome to another of Bill Allen's Bible Studies on Facebook. We are looking at the Psalms and I hope that you are enjoying this time as we go through these great words of prayer and song. As we have gone through this, we have looked at um, several different Psalms that give us songs that we sing today still. And I always enjoy doing that, and I appreciate you uh, being a part of this study and uh, going along with us as we uh, go through this. Uh, today's message is one that includes the great Psalm 139 that speaks of how we are fearfully and wonderfully made, knit together in our mother's womb by the Creator. And that's Psalm 139, and we'll get to that one in just a little bit, but I have a few other Psalms to get to, get to there as we look at psalms of joy and praise. One of the great things about F. Lagard Smith's The Daily Bible in Chronological Order, I think, is his study of the psalms. As we read through these psalms, he has them broken down in by topic, which I think is very, very helpful. Of course, it's always good to read through a book of the Bible as is, and there's nothing wrong with that. But I like the way that uh, Brother Smith does that, and we're in that section of Psalms of Joy and Praise right now. And we'll have one, another section or two after this on the Messiah, on a variety of sentiments, and then we'll be getting to the end of David's life and the beginning of the reign of Solomon and the building of the temple. But that's a little ways away. I will tell you that we will not have a study this coming Tuesday. Joyce and I will be married 45 years this coming Saturday. We got married on May 7th, 1977 in San Antonio, Texas at the Lackland Terrace Church of Christ. Shared with a wonderful church family there and all of our family as well. And it was a great blessing. So we will be out of town for a few days and are looking forward to getting away and uh, and being able to celebrate uh, the blessings of the Lord. And the greatest blessing he has given me in this life is Joyce Elaine Long, uh, who has been in my life since seventh grade, uh, has been my girlfriend since our senior year in high school, and uh, my wife for 45 years this Saturday. So what a blessing she is to me still and every day. Um, and so with that in mind, uh, let's look at uh, Psalm 103. It's going to be the first Psalm we cover tonight, today. Um, you've read through Psalm 119, all 176 verses. We talked about it a little bit last time. If you haven't read through it, or even if you have, I would encourage you to do that. It's topic, it's the longest chapter in the Bible, as we said. Longest of the Psalms, of course. But it is, uh, the topic and the theme is the Word of God. And it's amazing to me. I, I read it again this week, every time I read through that. It's just amazing to me how how much uh, love the psalmist had for God's word, how he called on us to follow it and obey it and and uh, study it and and make it a part of our lives wholeheartedly, and it's just an amazing thing to read through. Uh, there's another psalm that we won't cover. It's Psalm 136, which is kind of a responsive reading, uh, as it talks about uh, all of those who are in creation and all of those in during the people of God. Uh, to praise the Lord because His wonders and His love and His loving kindness uh, abounds forever. And you'll see that phrase, something similar to that, repeated every verse throughout the psalm, which is a great, a great thing as well. 
But we're going to start with the 103rd Psalm, Psalm 103. And this Psalm calls us to praise. It calls us to be thankful and to uh, express a heart of gratitude because it calls us to count our blessings. One of the incredible things about Psalm 103 is that in the Psalm, the psalmist does not ask God for anything. How long has it been since you prayed a prayer to God of any length at all and did not ask him for a single blessing. All you did was thank him for what he has given you and praise him because of who he is and because of the love that he has already shared with you and shown to you. I think that's a great exercise to pray regularly a prayer. I realize that sometimes we have those urgent needs that come upon us and it's right for us to bring them to the throne of God. Absolutely. But I think over time, hopefully you will have opportunities to be able to share with God a prayer in which you don't ask for anything. Uh, you simply offer up your heart and your life in gratitude to praise the Almighty God. I think all of the things that, uh, that we see in our daily lives that really make a difference begin with gratitude. Some call it an attitude of gratitude. I love that. And I think it's important for us to have that. Certainly, uh, Scripture calls on us, Old and New Testament, uh, to praise God and to thank Him for all of His blessings. And so the psalmist begins by being grateful for my blessings, as he would say, individually. He's grateful in the next part for the blessings on God's people that begins in verse 6 with that section. And then the last section, he is, blessed, he is grateful to God for the blessings on all creation. One of the things that you see throughout the Psalms that are a call for all of nature to praise God, that all of nature uh, magnifies God and, and recognizes the creator of that nature. And the psalmist does that as well. So with that in mind, Psalm 103, starting in verse 1. Praise the Lord, my soul. All my inmost being, praise his holy name. We've read that before, and that's a great statement. Praise the Lord, my soul, and forget not all his benefits, who forgives all your sins and heals all your diseases who redeems your life from the pit and crowns you with love and compassion, who satisfies your desires with good things so that your youth is renewed like the eagles. Thanking God for my blessings personally. The next section, calling on all of God's people to thank Him for the blessings on God's people. Verse 6, The Lord works righteousness and justice for all the oppressed. He made known His ways to Moses, His deeds to the people of Israel. The Lord is compassionate and gracious, slow to anger and abounding in love. He will not always accuse, nor will he harbor his anger forever. He does not treat us as our sins deserve. Isn't that the truth? And aren't we glad? Or repay us according to our iniquities. For as high as the heavens are above the earth, Psalm 103, verse 11, so great is his love for those who fear him. As far as the east is from the west, so far has he removed our transgressions for us. How great is God's love and how far away he has removed our transgressions from us. Great, great statements. And then the final section of this psalm starts at Psalm 103, verse 13. Gratitude for the blessings of God on all of creation. 
Verse 13, As a father has compassion on his children, so the Lord has compassion on those who fear him. For he knows how we are formed. He remembers that we are dust. The life of mortals is like grass. They flourish like a flower of the field. The wind blows over it and it's gone, and its place remembers it no more. But from everlasting to everlasting, the Lord's love is with those who fear him and his righteousness with their children's children, with those who keep his covenant and remember to obey his precepts. The Lord has established his throne in heaven and his kingdom rules above all. Praise the Lord, you his angels, you mighty ones who do his bidding, who obey his word. Praise the Lord, all his heavenly hosts, you his servants who do his will. Praise the Lord, all his works, everywhere in his dominion. Praise the Lord, my soul. The great psalm of gratitude, a great prayer of thanksgiving that doesn't ask God for a single thing. Uh, may we do the same in some of our prayers as well. The next one we look at is Psalm 122. Psalm 122, it's got that great statement at the very beginning. And uh, I love that statement so much and I hope that you can say that statement genuinely uh, whenever you gather with God's people just like the psalmist did. This is one of those psalms of ascents that we find in this section uh, of, of the Psalter of the book of Psalms. Uh, songs that the people would sing as they traveled to Jerusalem. This is one of them. Psalm 122. I rejoiced with those who said to me, let us go to the house of the Lord. Our feet are standing in your gates, Jerusalem. Jerusalem is built like a city that is closely compacted together. That is where the tribes go up, the tribes of the Lord, to praise the name of the Lord according to the statute given to Israel. There stand the thrones for judgment, the thrones of the house of David. Pray for the peace of Jerusalem. May those who love you be secure. May there be peace within your walls and security within your citadels. For the sake of my family and friends, I will say, Peace be within you. For the sake of the house of the Lord our God, I will seek your prosperity. I think it's right for us to pray for the peace of Jerusalem today, just like it's right for us to pray for the peace throughout the world. We certainly remember those who are suffering in Ukraine. Um, such a tragedy, such a travesty of morality. And we pray that God will bring peace and safety and judgment very soon in that uh, war-torn country and that he would bless all of those who are refugees who have gone far away from their home and that he would bless those who are caring for them as well. Pray for the peace of Jerusalem. Pray for the peace of Mariupol and Kiev and Kharkiv and uh, Zaporozhye and Donetsk and all the other cities there in Mariupol. But I love the way this psalm begins. I rejoiced with those who said to me, let us go to the house of the Lord. That should be our thinking every time the Lord calls us to gather with the saints. Every Sunday, certainly, you should be excited. I get to go to church today. I get to meet with brothers and sisters in Christ. I get to praise God together with those who share my faith and who share my plight as human beings in this world. I rejoiced with those who said to me, let us go to the house of the Lord. Psalm 122, verse 1. Another psalm that begins with a great statement is Psalm 133. Psalm, 
Psalm 133 verse 1 was the motto of the club that several of us started when I was a freshman at Oklahoma Christian College in the fall of 1975. Our club Alpha Gamma Omega was begun by our group and amazingly enough all these years later it still stands. That club is still in effect. It's still going strong. Uh, what a wonderful bunch of guys have been a part of that club Alpha Gamma Omega from the Greek word A-G-O, ago, which means I lead, uh, and um, all of the great memories that I have with my friends, my brothers, uh, my Alpha brothers from uh, Oklahoma Christian College. The first words of this psalm were our motto, Psalm 133, verse 1, How good and pleasant it is when God's people live together in unity. How good and pleasant it is when brothers live together in unity. It is such an extremely great memory for me. Another song of ascent as the, the people were gathering to go to Jerusalem to worship the Lord at perhaps the Passover festival or one of the other festivals. How good and pleasant it is when God's people live together in unity. It is like precious oil poured on the head, running down on the beard, running down on Aaron's beard, the priest, down on the collar of his robe. It is as if the dew of Hermon were falling on Mount Zion, for there the Lord bestows his blessing, even life evermore. Uh, it doesn't call for uniformity, it calls for unity. When brothers and sisters dwell together in unity and we're reminded of great passages in the New Testament such as Romans 12 and 1 Corinthians 12 and 1 Corinthians 13 and so many other great passages, Ephesians 4 and on and on it goes, uh, Philippians 2. God calls us to live together in unity, though we're quite different in so many ways, even theologically in many ways. Um, we dwell together in unity and how beautiful and precious and good and pleasant it is. Psalm 133 verse 1, when God's people live together in unity. The great Psalm 133. Now let's go to that psalm I mentioned earlier, Psalm 139. And it is a spectacular psalm, but especially this week, <laughs> as we have seen all the craziness that goes on in our country politically from time to time, seems like consistently right now. And that's the way of the world. It's always been that way. It will always be that way. Sometimes are worse than others, and it seems like we're in one of those downtimes right now. And most recently, we have seen a horrible travesty of justice with the Supreme Court document being leaked to the press uh, about uh, some of the justices who possibly may be overturning Roe v. Wade. Just a thought personally from my perspective, um, I would love to see it. I would love to see it. I think abortion is horrible. It's a sin. It's a, a tragedy. It's, it's hurt us morally as a nation. And it does that with everyone. But I think it's easy for me to say that. But I realize that there are uh, mothers and women and even husbands and fathers who have to struggle with decisions that cause great consequences. And I, I believe that those can be dealt with in a way other than taking the life of the innocent child. 
And yes, I think science has more and more given us the assurance that life does begin early. Life does begin at conception. Uh, we know the heartbeat is found and heard within just several weeks after conception. And it's interesting that in our country today, the vast majority of Americans uh, do not favor abortion at any time for any reason throughout the whole length of the pregnancy. That's just not true. The vast majority of Americans want to see some restrictions put on uh, abortion. And I agree 100% with that. And so as we continue to pray for these Supreme Court justices, as we continue to pray for our, all of our leaders, President Biden, Vice President Harris, all of our leaders in the Senate and in the House and in the state legislatures and the state houses, uh, we pray that God will bless our leaders and we pray that they will be led uh, to respect the sanctity of life and to seek the will of God and to do what is right, what he calls on secular leaders to do, uh, which is to preserve the morality, uh, the security, and the justice of the nation in which they lead. Um, and so that brings us to Psalm 139, this great psalm that pronounces that we are fearfully and wonderfully made from the time we are in the womb. And I know it's call, it calls on us to love them both, as the saying is, the mother and the child. Uh, during a pregnancy and to seek to help them. The wonderful uh, ministry Christian Homes and Family Services is a ministry that will help women who are in uh, unplanned pregnancies, will help them go through the pregnancy and keep their child. That's their desire. We'll help them find a good family to uh, have that child adopted into. And uh, Christian Homes and Family Services is a great, great ministry. And so many other Christian um, uh, resources that are out there uh, that are there to give aid to uh, women who are in unplanned pregnancies far, far more than uh, abortion centers such as Planned Parenthood, far, far more and available that will offer up help uh, to see that pregnancy through. And we as Christians ought to do the same. Let's read Psalm 139. It calls on us to praise God because he knows us, which is a good thing. It calls on us to praise God because he is with us, also a good thing. And it calls on us to praise God because he is our maker. And that starts with uh, in the womb. And he leads us always. Psalm 139. You have searched me, Lord, and you know me. You know when I sit and when I rise, you perceive my thoughts from afar. You discern my going out and my lying down. You are familiar with all my ways. Before a word is on my tongue, you, Lord, know it completely. You hem me in behind and before, and you lay your hand upon me. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me, too lofty for me to attain. Again, that presence of the Lord is a good thing for the psalmist. doesn't mean that we're perfect. But we are so thankful that God knows us inside out and loves us inside out. We spoke about this in our Bible class last night, actually, in our chapel here at West Irwin Church of Christ. As we spoke about Jesus being denied and betrayed and, and deserted and ultimately uh, convicted and crucified. And every moment during that time, he knew everything about us, everything about Peter 
everything about Judas, everything about those other apostles, everything about all of the ones that were there at the cross, his mother, Mary, so many others, everything about those Roman soldiers, everything about those Jews that cried out, crucify him. And he knows everything about you, my friend, and he knows everything about me the good things and the bad things, and yet he loves us still. And the psalmist understood that. And so for the psalmist to say, you know me inside out, every turn, every thought, before I even have it, you know it. That's a good thing, because God loves us. Verse 7 of Psalm 139, Where can I go from your spirit? Not only does he know us, he is with us, present with us. Where can I flee from your presence? If I go up to the heavens, you are there. If I make my bed in the depths, you are there. If I rise on the wings of the dawn, if I settle on the far side of the sea, even there your hand will guide me. Your right hand will hold me fast. If I say, surely the darkness will hide me and the light become night around me, even the darkness will not be dark to you. The night will shine like the day, for darkness is as light as you, to you. God sees no matter how dark. And he knows where we are no matter where that is. We can't, we can't flee from his presence. And that's a good thing. We want God to be with us. Jesus promised when he gave us that great commission to go into all the world, make disciples of every nation. In Matthew chapter 28, he said, And I will be with you always to the very end of the age. We praise God because he knows us. We praise God because he is with us. And we praise God because he made us. Just as he made every other living creature. Just as he made every other living person. Verse 13. Listen to these words in Psalm 139, starting in verse 13. For you created my inmost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you. Because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. I know that full well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was made in the secret place. When I was woven together in the depths of the earth. Your eyes saw my unformed body. All the days ordained for me were written in your book before one of them came to be. How precious to me are your thoughts, God. How vast is the sum of them. Were I to count them, they would outnumber the grains of sand. When I awake, I am still with you. What a great, great blessing and statement. I am fearfully and wonderfully made. You knit me together in my mother's womb. Jeremiah said the same thing in Jeremiah 1. Others did as well. And when we think of this passage and we think about the horrible tragedy and difficulty of abortion and how it destroys lives, kills that child in the womb, but also destroys the life of the mother in so many ways throughout the years, uh, our hearts go out uh, to you and to them. And we know more than anything else that God forgives sins. He forgives mine. He forgives yours. No matter what that sin is, what a great, great blessing that uh, there's no sin, not abortion, not anything that can keep us from a God who wants to forgive us if we will turn to him and seek that forgiveness. God is there for us, whatever is in our path. And we know that he is there because he made us. He knows us inside out. I think of 
that interaction in Luke chapter 1 between Jesus and John the Baptist, both in the wombs. Jesus in the womb of Mary just recently heard that she would have a baby, and John in the, in the womb of his mother, Elizabeth, uh, who was farther along than Mary. And when Mary comes in, Elizabeth praises God, because why am I so worthy that the mother of my Lord should come to me? Uh, the moment you came in, the moment we heard your voice, the baby in my womb uh, was leaping for joy. I don't see how you can say that it would be right for Elizabeth to abort her baby, John the Baptist. And it wasn't right for her, and it's not right for anyone else. Again, um, we our hearts go out to those who struggle with that decision, but we pray that you would you would decide on life and that you would not take that life away from your child and that you would not burden your own life in such a in such a horrible way. Um, we pray that if you need help, you'll get it. Call Christian Homes and Family Services. Call someone. Call, call anybody. And we pray for our nation as it deliberates on this very important theme and very important question. And we know, we know that God is the creator of all life, from the oldest among us to the newly conceived in the womb. And we know that he puts that heartbeat there early. And we're so thankful that through medical technology, uh, we can see babies very soon. Uh, in a pregnancy, be able to be delivered and survive. And so we pray that God will remember the innocent, and we pray that he would remember the struggling. And finally, in this psalm, starting in verse 19 of Psalm 139, we praise God uh, because he leads us. He, uh, he has made us as we have just uh, read. He knows us. He's present with us, and now he leads us. Psalm 139, verse 19. If only you, God, would slay the wicked. Away from me, you who are bloodthirsty. They speak of you with evil intent. Your adversaries misuse your name. Do I not hate those who hate you, Lord, and abhor those who are in rebellion against you? I have nothing but hatred for them. I count them my enemies. Verse 23. Search me, God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. See if there is any offensive way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. The psalmist does what we all should do and acknowledge that his life is an open book to the Creator. God knows everything before we ever say it, before we ever think it, before we're even made. He knows every act. He knows uh, every decision, the good ones and the bad ones. And he also knows that he loves us, loved us enough, knowing everything about us all our lives, that he would give his son on the cross so that we could be in relationship with him for eternity. What a great, great blessing to be fearfully and wonderfully made, knit together in our mother's womb by the hand of the almighty creator. What a great, great psalm, Psalm 139. We'll close our study today with a psalm of praise. It's Psalm 148. It's the... Um, it's where we get the songs, Hallelujah, Praise Jehovah, Hallelujah, Praise Jehovah, that one, and also Praise the Lord, ye heavens adore Him. The Praise the Lord song is taken right out of the NIV that I'm about to read. The Hallelujah, Praise Jehovah, a little bit older hymn, is taken right out of the King James Version of this same psalm, Psalm 148. And we see the psalm is a progression. 
Uh, it starts with the heavens, praising God from the heavens. Hallelujah is the term that means praise the Lord. Uh, praise the Lord from the heavens, first of all. And then praise the Lord from the earth. All the things, all the created uh, mountains and seas and rivers, all of that. And then uh, praise the Lord of living creatures. And finally, the, uh, the, the height of it all is praise the Lord, uh, all of humanity, kings of earth and all ye peoples. That's the verse, that's the statement that begins that section of praising, calling all humanity from the... Uh, from the greatest king to the poorest beggar, calling on all humanity to praise the Lord, the God who created us. Let's read this great psalm, Psalm 148. I always remember that in the old hardback blue songs of the church songbook, um, the song Hallelujah, Praise Jehovah was song number 148, just as it is Psalm 148. I think that's the greatest thing ever. Psalm 148, praise the Lord. Praise the Lord from the heavens. Praise Him in the heights above. Praise Him, all His angels. Praise Him, all His heavenly hosts. Praise Him, sun and moon. Praise Him, all you shining stars. Praise Him, you highest heavens and you waters above the skies. Let them praise the name of the Lord, for at His command they were created, and He established them forever and ever. He issued a decree that will never pass away. You recognize that? as the chorus um, of the great hymn, Hallelujah, Praise Jehovah. Verse 7, Praise the Lord from the earth, you great sea creatures and all ocean depths, lightning and hail, snow and clouds, stormy winds that do his bidding, you mountains and all hills, fruit trees and all cedars, wild animals and all cattle, small creatures and flying birds. Again, we have seen, starting with the heavens, the angels, and then going to the earth, all of the raging seas and the stormy blasts, and then the animals calling on them to praise the Lord himself. And then in verse 11, the height of it all, according to the psalmist, um, the, the ultimate part of God's creation, humanity itself. Psalm 148, verse 11, Kings of the earth and all nations, you princes and all rulers on earth, young men and women, old men and children. And again the chorus in verse 13, Let them praise the name of the Lord, for his name alone is exalted. His splendor is above the earth and the heavens, and he has raised up for his people a horn, a sign of strength, the praise of all his faithful servants. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Praise Jehovah. I hope and pray that you will be blessed in the days ahead. Remember, we won't have our class on Tuesday. Uh, instead, you can say a prayer uh, for Joyce and Bill, uh, thanking God for the blessing that you are to us and that he has given us in 45 years of marriage that we celebrate uh, in the days ahead. God bless you all.